The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. And welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Newman, and this week I'm joined with the continuing with a smaller group of lovable scamps, but they are nonetheless very lovable. How are you, Bobby Pike? I'm pretty good. How are you, Jack? I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about some apes. Yes. Some damn dirty apes. Damn dirty apes. Uh, we're also joined this week by Ben Haworth. How are you, Ben? I'm good. Uh, me and Jack just play D and D because we're nerds. So yeah. <laughs> was, it it is uh, honestly like you know people can give us shit, but it is a a plus rewarding experience. It's I'm so just fun. Saying. It's like one of the things I look forward to. <laughs> like every it, it, no it is like it's it's becoming like more and more like a super rewarding experience for me in terms of like creating adventures and watching them do things, and I'm like, why did you guys do that? Why, why are you doing that? That's so cool. Like, it's, I, I don't know. It's just Jack pointed and, out and how it, we missed an entire room with a dragon and all kinds of stuff that we just didn't do. Like, like I had this, I had this huge epic boss set up. Like they were like, it's literally like the, it's, I'm doing a splat campaign right now. And, and he has like, there's like the, like the boss on the front of the campaign. They just like didn't fight and just like walk. Yeah. Away. He's the like, cover. Yeah, cool. Like the, it's like a pre-built campaign you can buy. And on the cover is the boss that we did just ignored. We just, we just never saw. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And that's what makes TV interesting because the video game would never let you do that. They would just be like, you must fight that boss. (laughs) (laughs) We built him, you will fight him. (laughs) Just skipped ahead. I I think it may be worse like when I'm actually doing it because I'm I'm like positive, like I will not be as forgiving. I was like, no, you will fight my boss. I will (laughs) rip the shit out of you. And y'all will do this and you will be happy about it. Uh, But this week, uh, if you guys can't tell, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, the planet, of, the war for the planet of the apes. Sorry, I forgot. Which, it's a weird, which yeah. These titles, man. <laughs> I, I think, I think it is. I think it is a running issue, probably with like how these movies are marketed and some of the extending things. We're gonna get into that in uh in a bit. But first up, we're gonna be talking about our trailer of the week, which is of course. A Wrinkle in Time, which is a, there's a bunch of stuff that came out of D23 this year, but including, which is again the Disney giant conference, including a lot of Star Wars stuff, or a lot of interesting Star Wars behind the scenes stuff. But uh, we definitely wanted to talk about A Wrinkle in Time. So, first up, uh, Bobby, what did you think of the trailer? Um, I just watched the trailer, so I'm coming into it very fresh, um, but it actually looks pretty exciting to me. Um, Wrinkle in Time is one of the books that I read a long time ago. I think I was in like the third grade when I read A Wrinkle in Time. So I don't have a very clear memory of the book. Um, Like I can't actually remember the plot of it, but I remember that it had an emotional impact on me for a long time. So it kind of makes me want to go back and revisit the book before I go into the movie and uh, really get a feel for it again, because it did mean something to me at one point in time. But of course, I've forgotten what that was. Um, I, I thought the trailer looked pretty dynamic and the casting actually is pretty exciting. Um, it'll be kind of interesting to see Mindy Kaling and a, uh, a role that large. So um, I think there's a lot to, to look forward to there. Um, of course, with childhood favorites, you worry about them completely mucking it up and ruining something that you loved as a kid. And that's yeah. always my fear going into something like this. And I'm also concerned because I don't remember the plot of the book, whether or not this is going to translate well. Um, but I guess until I go back and give myself a refresher course, I'm kind of going to reserve judgment uh-huh. on that. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Ben? Um, basically a lot of similar stuff you said. Um, there's some really good, interesting, trippy visuals. I like the idea of doing a a Doctor Strange or Back to the Future time travel weird yeah. multiple dimension things for kids. I think it's kind of a cute cool idea and there was just like one really great shot where she goes to like i guess a plane of alternate realities but all the kids are like bouncing the bouncing ball. the balls all at the same that time is like the only thing from the book i actually remembered i remember yeah, I heard a couple the... people said that they remember that sequence and they were like wow that's exactly what i thought it would look like yeah like that's really the only thing that i had a clear memory of like that that i remember from the book but the rest of it's just kind of fuzzy in my brain so yeah yeah i was saying to earlier like i know i've read 
Treasure Island, but if you gave me a quiz, I would fail that quiz. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Yeah, it's one of those totally. books that I remember vaguely from a long time ago, but I've not read since. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm curious about it. The only thing uh, I'm excited for it because Ava DuVernay, who did Selma, who I think is a very good director, and it's cool to see her get, uh, you know, $100 million. It's cool to see a Disney film with a, a black female character as a lead, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, Oprah Winfrey in these crazy costumes that definitely looks like the production design's good. There's just something about Disney CGI that is weird to me. It's the same thing, the look in Alice in Wonderland and Maleficent both seem to have the same look, where it's like almost overly shiny is the best kind of version I could yeah. say. It, it, it has a level of artifice that's almost too much for me. I think it works better on the big screen, possibly, and this is just a small screen thing, but there is something about the, uh, the CGI about Disney films that just in Tomorrowland has it too a little bit that just feels mm-hmm. a little fakey fake to me and I'm not sure what it is it's like their their kids films I feel like they push the color saturation a little higher than like, it, it did seem really colorful when I watched the trailer like, just like kind of pop you in the face with different and yeah I guess, I guess at a time where color is like not existing in movies lately where it's like a lot We've of watched a lot of gray so, lately. so gray i mean we watched a gray movie this i thought this movie was pretty but it was very gray and very gray tones. and but uh i i did want <laughs> i did want to just uh say jump in real fast and say like I, I i did agree with that secondary thing that you were talking about as well ben specifically in terms of remembering like kind of your take on these books like i don't remember a wrinkle in time even though i'm positive that it was like a very influential book to me at some point in my life like right. i have i have no idea and like i just see this and i was like i remember these things so vaguely yeah. <laughs> it's just like and it's weird to me to like be like recognizing like kind of this like certain stuff like i, I a lot of times like i'm very like thick on the nostalgia machine and it's just like usually it's going to be one of those things where it's like stuff that like from my like late 20s is now going to start getting treated as nostalgia so it's weird every once in a while to go the other way and be like this stuff that's even before i was like a kid which yeah, is well, was, i mean exactly purposely while i was a kid like it's a very it's been around a while yeah 63 yeah, yeah. oh so, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it has been that yeah. long so yeah this is like and then again that's another thing about it is i, I imagine a lot of people are going to have their own take on it you know what i mean it's one of those things where it's it's so old and so iconic at this point and weirdly has never been adapted in any major thing that i know of um that a lot of people are going to be like i'm sure have their own opinions about it one way or another and i think i might just yeah. go in with the vagueness because i'd rather just i think i'm not going to reread the book even though i know it's a quick read i think i'm just going to be like all right i i'll just gonna go in as an experience because i don't want to have the book just, hanging over me at least for me i have I have more memory of a wind in the door than I do a wrinkle in time, which is oh, odd because one, yeah. I can, like, I can recall things from a wind in the door about like the cherubim and the seraphim and like it was all about like mitochondria and I don't know why I remember that and I have no memory of a wrinkle in time other than the fact that I know I read it and I know it meant something to me at some point, but I just right. I feel I feel obligated to go back and at least come into it like remembering what the book was because I'm such a skeptic when it comes to converting books to movies and I always prefer the book. So right. <laughs> I would probably ruin it for me a little bit, but then at least <laughs> I'll come in with a clear picture, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, I think that's just like the, the key to it is, is well for me is that like, I'm going to be, this is, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I, it's been so long that I'm going to come out, I'm going to come into this with such an outside perspective that it's going to be interesting to me. I agree with you entirely that I'm not going to reread this book, but I am going to go back and kind of re-explore my childhood with kind of the thing. It's, it's interesting to see that like, there's going to be a whole generation of people that are going to come to Harry Potter in such a different way, which is one of the interesting things too, from, from my take too, is like, it's a, it's a very interesting generation that's like going to grow up on Harry potter and then experience harry potter seven films maybe even before the books and it's going to be interesting how like we handle that moving forward uh but i think that this is kind of a precursor a little bit for me is that i'm going to be able to re-experience the books coming back into it uh i don't even remember how good they are because i never i never like picked them up again do you know what i mean yeah. like i never i never went back to them they're, they're, it's definitely like this childhood book that i like loved and cherished and i know a lot of people did plays with it and now i'm like coming back to it and i'm like i don't I have no, I had no recollection just like how the experience was a little bit. So it's kind of weird for me in that way. Yeah. It'll be interesting if we remember the book when we see the movie, like if it all comes flooding back. 
Yeah. Or if they just change the movie to such an extent, which is, I think this it's it's kind of it's not like a non traditional narrative, but it is different. So it's going to be interesting to see well, it's, the I think interpretation. It's, I think it's telling yeah. that the that um, apparently when Disney first bought the book, they were looking at a production budget of around thirty million, and now it's a production budget of around hundred million. So it's like it's they're, oh, wow. they're, those are two very different scripts. You know what I mean? Like those yeah. are two very very different. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say one is worse or better than the other. It's just what you're intended to do with that. I think is is different. So I think the visual splendor overload of this movie is going to be right, a big part right. of it. Yeah, versus maybe the thirty one million thirty million dollar one is a little more cerebral or something like that. You know, but had to sacrifice like uh, set pieces and stuff. So. And it'd be interesting, and and I'm glad at the very least that no one seems to be mad that the they changed the race of the main girl to black because there's probably racist assholes out there who are saying that, but it hasn't been a big deal yet, and I'm really thankful. I thought when the trailer came out it'd just be a bunch of ah, yeah. And there's been no yeah, think pieces I, I've seen, and I'm really happy, and I don't want to hear if there are. I, I think it's been much. I think it's been a much better experience this time around in terms of like I I, I kind of enjoy it more when there aren't think pieces. Do you remember back in the day when there were think pieces about fucking Idris Elba's bit part in Thor? Like yeah, that that God, one that was, was terrible. That one was the worst because it was just so insignificant to everything that was going on. Like you know, yeah. like I, I may have been more understanding of like of like kind of like the bit piece about like you know Mary Jane and like race changing there. Do you know that that's an interesting take, especially with the light of not using Miles Morales as the Marvel universe character but like right. still like all of this is still just like oh my god Jesus yeah. Christ, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially for this uh, one where it's so insignificant where she's like she's still a black kid who does the same thing that the white kid did in the movie book it's fine you know it's not yeah. like it's, yeah. it's fine yeah. yeah 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 all right uh for you the listeners of the movie gang podcast loot crate is offering an opportunity to save 10 percent on any new subscription at lootcrate.com to save 10 percent on any new subscription go to try backslash gang and enter promo code bridge 10 for 10 percent savings so go check that out now uh again thank you loot crate for sponsoring the movie gang podcast we really appreciate you i've been getting the boxes lately i've been liking them a lot thank you so much no one else loves me enough to get me the stuff that you like um no they love me but like what it's like your mother like what what does she get you socks I know, I know. I need a new Look, Loot Crate joke. I'm going to go listen to other people's Loot Crate ads and try to figure out how to better sell the box. So well, I get what you're saying because like, your, your parents get you like the practical stuff and Loot Crate gets you stuff you really like. Like you know, you need right, socks, but right. you want that Batman figurine. Like this is what you're. Really I do doing. not. Yeah, I do not want socks. To be entirely honest with you, like I do, I do not need. Well, I need more socks. I actually I like Katie is, like Katie has been talking to me. Is like not need more socks. Okay, I don't need more socks. <laughs> <laughs> My girlfriend says I don't need Beyonce more socks. Beyonce has spoken. I, yeah, she's just like it's like. Slap God, down. I need I need to start I need to start calling her my fiance. It's such a weird. I know, and it, and it's and it only lasts for like you know a little while. Which a is year, annoying part, yeah, ish, yeah. But then, but then it's like people are like, "Oh, it's your fiance. Why didn't you tell me that?" I was like, "I don't fucking know." Like, fuck you. She's been my girlfriend for five years. She's been my fiance for like six months. Fuck right. you. Like, that doesn't mean anything <laughs> if I forgot. Well, well John Mulaney has fucking... a good bit about how much better it is to call someone your wife, where it's like, "Don't talk to my wife. Don't talk to my girlfriend." you know it's just like you know, it's it's, yeah honest. yeah and one one you're like you're like clearly like just an emotional like dick like, that's <laughs> like, like as opposed to like the other one where like one you're like you know you, you it's, it's like you're, you're yeah it's your wife honor. like that's just like weird exactly like you're just like one you're like a like a just i don't know where we're going with this <laughs> just, like, this this ad read got out of about? control i'm sorry luke crate <laughs> i love you wifey Love you, Luke. Okay. Ray. <laughs> In War for the Planet of the Apes, the third chapter of the critically acclaimed blockbuster franchise, Caesar and the Apes, like that over there. She's. What's wrong, babe? We're out of Diet Coke. We're out of Diet Coke. Oh, no. At, the at horror! The War for the Diet yeah. of Coke. <laughs> There's Cherry Coke Zero. Are you fucking kidding me? Okay, that's not going to fly. <laughs> It's not. It's not gonna fly. <laughs> Everyone abort. Abort if, podcast. If you drank the last one, you're in trouble. I, did, I don't drink diet cokes. I swear, right? <laughs> Babe, don't kill me. Okay. It's too uh, late for Jack. Right. 
it's and too late. War for the Planet of the Apes, the third chapter of the critically acclaimed blockbuster franchise. Caesar and his apes are forced into a deadly conflict with an army of humans led by ruthless Colonel. After the apes suffer unimaginable losses, Caesar wrestles with the darker instincts and begins his own mythic quest to avenge his kind as the journey finally brings them face to face with Caesar and Colonel are pitted against each other in an epic battle that will determine the fate of both their species and the future of the Prana. Wow, that was a great synopsis. That was a good Yay! one. That was a good it's because Bobby it's because Bobby picked it this time. That's why it didn't totally <laughs> suck. Uh, it rolled well. My my bad. My bad guys. I, I do at this point enjoy just purely bad synopsi. Uh, all right, though. but what did you what do you guys think of this movie? Let's start let's start with you, Ben. What did you think of this? Yeah, so I actually just rewatched uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes as well as Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, I, I saw them both in theaters. I think only once. I love them, but I hadn't seen them since. And uh, well, I think I prefer Dawn. Uh, I really thought this was an incredible sort of end to the franchise. Uh, sort of. I mean, like spoiler alert. We're going to talk a little bit around it, but uh, I'll try not to spoil too much. But um, it, it definitely felt conclusive while still leaving place to go. And I just I really am impressed that Matt Reeves is kind of becoming one of my favorite franchise directors, especially after listening to a podcast where it's like he's really fighting for interesting stories that still fit in a blockbuster mold. He seems to be one of the few directors who doesn't feel compromised to the studio system and actually seems to want to tell the stories he wants to tell. And a lot of times I was like, this is a $150 million movie. It's like talking about like, apes in concentration camps like it's crazy that they were able to do a lot of the stuff they did in this movie and i, I don't know about you guys but I, I thought it was a very rewarding very interesting experience yeah i think i think that's for me kind of a lot of like w- actually go ahead bobby let me not let me not take it how about that oh okay i mean i am probably a little more sour on this film um it's it's not that i i didn't like it there's a lot of good about it um and it is uh they did explore a lot of interesting things in the film and um you know it it clearly was a big budget movie um it was it was beautiful the cgi is really well done um it's you know kind of a dark gray film but i i thought they they did they did pretty well um you know that's, that's what i really i really want i really want that rainbow that rainbow frothy uh war prison movie this is... <laughs> I, I needed more color in the prison movie that's yeah. right right less gray prison isn't all dark and 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 you know especially like nazi like death camp prisons yeah i mean i think they nailed the bleakness of a lot of the scenes and um i thought that it was their choice of comic relief was interesting um yeah. i i did think that the movie <laughs> drug on um, like I thought it, it kind of the last hour of the film, it took a long time to wrap up. It was very clear where it was going and I felt like it took a long time to get there. Um, but at the same time, it also could have been uh, part of my movie experience is why I'm a little sour about the whole thing. I was next to a family who talked through the entire movie, which is oh, irritating God. and kind of makes you not love anything. And I also yeah. had to pee really, really badly for the last <laughs> yeah. hour of the film and was uncomfortable. So that kind of sours your experience as well. Um, so that That's might like, be movie wrap up. Come on, let's, let's go. That, that might have been why them, I felt them. like, like, oh, my God, like I get what's going to happen. Like, they're you know, Caesar's going to sacrifice himself and then they're going to escape like I, I i knew that's what was going to happen i'm like just get to the point Ugh. um but i i thought the at least the first half of the movie was really engaging and really solid and i liked how they led in and especially the in like the first scene of the film really drew me in um and i thought it was just pretty masterfully done so i'm a little half and half on it <laughs> Yeah, I think I think one of the things that threw me off a little bit about this movie is that, you know, I, I guess like it's just typical for like this sort of like trilogy ending to expect some sort of like, I don't know, like Lord of the Rings style, like epic siege moment battle thing. And that's not what this movie is at all about, no. like even even remotely about like this movie is all is is a very uh, put together essentially like almost like war prison movie essentially about camps and kind of about like race and other things and it's it's very about something and i think that's the thing that's like been from the beginning a problem with these movies they're very poorly advertised in my opinion at points 
uh, I mean, there it's it's impressive. To, actually, you know, that's actually wrong. I don't think it's poorly advertised. I think it's advertised well in terms of like they are getting these movies out there and they're actually getting viewers to these movies at some point in here. But I just think that like, the word, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, yeah, I don't think it's badly. I mean, clearly like, you know, I can't believe that these movies are successful at points. Do you know what I mean? I am too, yeah. <laughs> like the last yeah, one I'll, making $700 million <laughs> is crazy. Rise makes sense because Rise is like, I re- rewatching Rise. The end of Rise is the most cathartic moment in yeah. any of these movies it is just yeah. awesome fun filmmaking just watching monkeys fucking tear through san francisco going through people's apartments fucking shit up going across a building fighting the army finally getting to the the uh forest it's just like cathartic and that's kind of what i think rupert wyatt wanted to do if he was going to stick around he ended up not doing it for scheduling reasons then matt reeves completely changed right. the tone to what he wanted to do right i kind of heard the matt reeves version but i can't deny i get why people would want to prefer the the rise version because that is a lot more fun (laughs) and these movies aren't necessarily fun and particularly this one i get why people are kind of upset because it felt like it was setting up a war it is not a war of the planet of the apes that's why they change it to war for the planet of the the because it is about two groups of humans murdering each other and caesar just kind of watching the end of humanity basically as we know it it's like him basically being witness to the entire end of humanity because they can't uh, deal with themselves, watching nature finally consume them, essentially, literally with an avalanche, and then him being like, well, okay, it's our planet now. <laughs> like, it's basically, it is <laughs> the planet the of the apes at this point. Like, and and that's the thing where it's like, I think people wanted a more conquery movie or more like Battle for the Planet of the Apes, like the old, the, the fourth or fifth one. Um, and I get that. And I get why you might be upset that it's not that. But I liked what it was because I liked that it was sort of about that, watching this sort of end of humanity be consumed by nature as depressing as that sounds and by the end of the movie you're like fuck humans woo monkeys yeah it's always weird when you find yourself rooting against the humans in the movie right it's like avatar too like (laughs) take them out i I liked it i like it a little bit because i think that at the end of the previous movie they kind of removed essentially the character denouement for the apes as a whole in terms of Koba being this not this element of like human hate and like not dropping into the hate so like we've already established at the beginning of this series that Caesar is better than and beyond that a little bit and at this point he's just trying to lead people to kind of safety so it's kind of different but it's also more kind of about humans uh, what did you guys think of the virus being brought in as like something to make him kind of aggressive and evil at the end or uh, Woody Harrelson's character? That was interesting because it was it was another weird little elegant setup they did for a possible Planet of the Apes movie, which I thought was yeah. fascinating. That like the way they explain how humans are going to turn feral is through this virus. You know what I mean? Like because that's what they are. Right. The future one and Nova right. is a feral human in the original Planet of the Apes movie. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I think it would work because I like that he had a good character arc with it. I, I do agree maybe it was a little weirdly pat, but like I like that it's sort of built up to him killing himself at the end of the movie, which I thought was was sort of... I like that Caesar had to have that moment of pity and remorse, and there was a lot of good like acting from Andy Serkis in that moment. That's why I think it... If it's like a little pet, yeah. it's very, it's very that. Jean, it's very Jean Valjean for me a little bit. Like I think, right. I, I think, I think I enjoyed <laughs> yeah. it in the kind of that way. Um, Woody Harrelson doing <laughs> Jean Valjean is a weird comparison for that no, scene. No, but... it's true. He actually leaves Javert to go kill himself. Yeah, it's true. No, it's yeah, it's, it's true because very... what it became is this movie was more about you know what it is like what humanity is as opposed to like making it just humans versus apes you know because by adding in the virus aspect then you know is your humanity your ability to talk because that would mean that the apes had humanity and it it just it brought in a whole bunch Mm, of like moral questions to it um that i think made the colonel more of a interesting villain um but i guess i kind of was disappointed that he ends up committing suicide because i thought it would have been more impactful to have caesar take the gun and then just leave because clearly to the colonel losing his humanity and his ability to speak would have been more detrimental to him than being dead so i thought it would have been a better moment (laughs) to have him (laughs) leave the scene right um, and I thought that would have been interesting to explore, but I at least liked that Caesar didn't pull the trigger. So, 
I, I think for me, the best part about this movie is that it's very clever in how it's setting up its its determination about humanity. Humanity isn't the ability to talk. Humanity isn't the ability to think. There are humans that can talk and function within society, but they do not necessarily have humanity. And it's just like it's 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 determining the fact that like apes don't have humanity because humanity is the description of it. But the 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 animus that you will that makes a society what it is, and us understanding and uh, the ability to advance as a civilization is something entirely different than what necessarily humans have. Or it is not a humanness, and I think that's the that's the best part about this movie is that it, it allows people to say yes that like oh people are devolving what is the necessary this and that's that's one of the great things too is in the turn with the I guess red the the giant ape which is just such a funny image too in terms of like him like with like the like the like loading the machine guns and like yeah. objecting to Caesar like it's just just the whole way through there I just like no these are like, movies that you should a... you should look back and you're like that's this is so dumb. Like, this is a monkey <laughs> shooting guns. It's, it's, why am I taking this seriously? Like, the <laughs> physics of watching a gorilla ride a horse. Oh, yeah, like, that horse What would have been in, like what, an 800-pound gorilla riding a fucking horse? That would never happen, you know? So. Yeah, we just gotta, yeah. like, you know. Right. Sure, movie magic. Yeah, that totally is possible. Uh, yeah. And, and, yeah, but, I mean, that's the thing. What, what side note, I didn't realize that it makes sense, is that they... They called all the monk the the colonel's group called all the uh, apes that worked Donkeys. for them donkey and all the apes they hated Kong, donkey and Kong. Yeah, it was in- it was, was kind of an interesting. Um, yeah, I, I thought well, that's what I liked about the colonel's people a lot, and what I liked about these movies is that particularly this one, it is very clearly the other two had sort of like a co lead thing where it's like you follow both Jason, uh, sorry, James Franco and, uh, Caesar. And then you follow, Mm -hmm. um, Jason Patrick and Caesar. I think I got that name wrong. Sorry. Um, but, uh, you follow like these two people in different ones. And this one is very clear from Caesar's perspective the entire time. And I like that a lot. Cause when we come into that, like we can assume that that group is probably called alpha Omega because like the alpha and Omega is everywhere on their stuff, but they never say like everything you learn about the backstory stuff. You just learn, that Caesar learns at the same time. Uh, someone made a good point that like maybe the reason that they do that chant every morning is you can see if somebody has lost the ability to speak. And then if they did, they'd have to kill them, you know? Um, but they never say that, you know what I mean? Like no. I appreciate, and I know it's like a little thing, but a lot of Hollywood movies, especially for world building, they just have to go, come in character. Let's explain the entire world. And this one, it right. felt very organic. where like a lot of stuff wasn't explained. Like a, a worse movie would have cut to Woody Harrelson killing all of his, commanders in like big dramatic fashion um but like they just hint at it and it's done through performance and it's done through you know smart piecemeal dialogue and i really appreciate that about the storytelling of these movies is that it's not just like uh, especially the last two is not just like there's a million things you need to know <laughs> like it's it, it is more environmental which i really appreciate mm-hmm. and i think i think too like i think these movies are very very strong structurally it's what this is this is my like here's like my logical complaint as to why i don't necessarily like planet of the apes movies they always throw me off and i know that's a stupid thing i recognize that they are both all very good movies do you know what i mean like they're like all of the planet of the movies for me at least are a cut above like your average movie going experience but i never i always forget that they exist like they never stick with me and and it's one of those things it's like it's not till i'm reminded that this franchise exists that i'm like oh yeah i remember that that those are good i should go see that you know what i mean and then like it pops back up i'm like that was a great movie and then like i am not i was never excited about it. And it's one of those things it's like in modern filmmaking societies i don't understand like like some and maybe this is just my like you know maybe like descent into being a bad critic but like, <laughs> like in terms of like uh like my obsession with certain franchises that have high hype and being a part of that hype and maybe it's just like maybe it's at some point where we start separating out good movies from like movies that are like cultural experiences like star wars and the avengers and and i know that right. seems like a weird shit the thing to do but it is totally a thing that like this is a better movie than spider-man like this is <laughs> 
Um, and I, but you'd it, rather watch Spider-Man. I'm not, I'd rather watch Spider-Man a million times <laughs> other than this movie. I will watch Spider, and I will, I will watch. I'm gonna watch the new Spider-Man a half dozen more times than I will I ever it. watch I this movie. It. And I and I just I love these movies, like and a, like I said, I didn't see any of them since I saw them in the theater. <laughs> never like ever gonna watch them ever again in any context. <laughs> and I don't, I like it. It's like if you like had an argument with me, it's like I don't want to force this argument about what is better because I'm like I'm not gonna stand up for it ever just at all it's like planet of the apes isn't one of those like this franchise isn't something that you watch and it makes you feel good you know it it doesn't make you feel good and i think that when like with a lot of other franchises and a lot of other series you get the like there is in you you do feel good at the end of it there's enjoyment there's you know some catharsis that you know that that allows you to have you know that that warm fuzzy feeling when you finish it and i think spider-man makes people feel good you know it's a happy Ah. movie and Mm -hmm. i don't think any of the planet of the apes movies any of the franchise the old and the reboots are uh are feel good in any sense that's that's what is crazy about planet of the apes is that always has been is that they made five films and each of the five films are horribly depressing and weird and social commentaries (laughs) and bizarre the second movie literally ends with charlton heston destroying the world he literally yeah. pushes a button that nukes the entire world and he's like, fuck this franchise. And then they go back in time and experience racism and then kill all humans. Like that is the uh-huh. fucking arc of those 70s movies. And these are weirdly like still kind of doing that. And I'm kind of shocked that like studios just allow this to happen be- and that they make money. Like you said, like yeah. this one is making less money than Dawn. It's making about the same as Rise. But like it should be making no money. It should be making zero money. It should be making negative money. <laughs> like, <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> like me and me and Ben were having an argument about Spider-Man and whether earlier today whether or not the drop off of like Spider-Man about, yeah. is like significant to like the Marvel movies and Spider-Man movies in general. That's like so stupid to the existence of this movie. Like we know nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what brings movies, people out or not. I don't know. I, I I don't and I don't understand. Like I know that there is like a deep fan cult fan following for Planet of the Apes movies. Like I know yeah. it exists. Like like there's showings in Durham, North Carolina, where you go and watch like all twelve movies or something. Like Crazy. that Crazy. happens and people come out for Does it. Does everyone fall asleep? Like they they time it so you can fall asleep for the Tim Burton one. In what <laughs> context would I ever watch twelve <laughs> yeah. two hour movies? How in a sad row? are you after that? Like how deeply right? depressed are you? Movies. You need to like. 20- Wrap yourself yeah. in like a burrito blanket and like just sleep for the next year because I just don't know how you emotionally deal with that kind what? of sorrow. Yeah. I would have never context watched the trilogy of these movies in order because it would just be depressing. It would hurt. Like, like he just like literally that's like Caesar's arc is he just manages to make the apes go on and live and create humanity. Like he has a horrible life. Like yeah, yeah, does. Everyone he loves is dead. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's that's that is this movie. That is this movie. Like, nothing, nothing like big like, Oh, they might be okay finally. I can die. <laughs> like that's my reward. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it is, this is all that happens. Is he's like, oh yeah, just like I can die now, happy and the it's, knowledge. It's, it's the super Moses. I mean, on. it's it's super biblical Moses style. Like it's Moses dying. Your son will remember your name. <laughs> And, and then I just give it like, let me just, I love that they don't go for the easy Moses reference ever at any right. point in this series. Because if you if you had done like a, and I guess it is Charlton Heston that's actually like really funny when I think about it. It's like really, it's really funny too that it's Charlton Heston in the original. Like I really want him to have some like, I never realized that that arc over to he's like leading the humans to freedom and it's i guess this is too is like i don't actually find the original planet of the apes like a very interesting movie and i think that this it's funny to me when movies twist on the originals and create such more original interesting things like these movies are so much more interesting to me as like the breakdown of humanity and like the rise of apes and what is humanity and what is society and what is all these things this version is classic rod serling in your face like i like the rod serling face style but it is very in your face like rod serling had a couple tricks and he did it a lot. You know what I mean? It, he did the same twist in his Twilight Zone episode. Like, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is for sure. But you're right. It, this one is a lot more complicated. And I do like, I feel bad yeah. using the word Shakespearean, but Dawn really did feel Shakespearean rewatching it, where it's like these are characters with interesting political motivations. And all, and why I prefer Dawn is I think all four of the main protagonists had oh, their yeah. own interesting reasons. And you could relate with all of them. And I appreciate that 
But Harrelson had a similar thing because he came in with his sunglasses and his bald head. I'm like, oh no, they finally went into schlock. They finally have their meh, murder them all. And then well, like, he had like, an think... interesting little monologue that I actually kind of was like, hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed he's clearly like an allusion to skinheads and some other things too. Like there's, oh, but there's it's, like, it's, oh, yeah. it's got like rise of Nazism all over it. It's for subtle. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not that there, I do agree with you totally about Don though. Like, I think that like, especially this movie is missing Koba for me a little bit. Yeah. Koba was just a better villain. Uh, though I like and, and it's also like, it, it created a lot more of a complex and Gary Oldman too. Like anytime you lose Gary Oldman, you're just <laughs> yeah, fucked. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah. Uh, but like, I think that's the thing is like the complexity of like good, bad, good, bad, ape man, ape man was more interesting and allowed for a lot more interesting take on it. Cause Koba isn't bad. And that's the best part about Koba. Like Koba yeah. just disagrees with Caesar and and that's and it makes it much more things where this is much and, more and like a journey movie. At the end of this movie, kind of darkly, they, he got to what Kobo wanted, which is just humans are gone. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. You know that's that's what a Kobo always wanted. You know what I mean? So in a way, Kobo kind of won all these you know years yeah. later. You know not. And I guess this is the thing about this movie is that this franchise could have ended at dawn, and I would have been happy. Do you know what I mean? Same, same, yeah. Yeah, it, and, they, cre- and they a little perfunctory is the one thing I would say where it's like we did finally get to our paradise, so it's good to know that happened and like. At the end of Dawn, they definitely are like, war is coming, you know, but like, you know, it, it kind of ends in the way you you expect, I guess. I, I think Minus that's why war. I felt like it, it drug in the in the last latter part of the film. And I think that's the only reason why is because, you know, you know, it's going to end with the apes not being exterminated because that's the movie, you know? <laughs> no, they're the heroes. They're, they're, ab- they're absolutely the heroes at this point, And it's so, yeah. it's, well, actually I agree. Well, I agree with Ben though. They're like, that's they the other thing totally you gotta, we got to commend this movie is it, it beat Avatar to the punch of like, this is a trilogy where the main character is a CGI character. That is a new level of filmmaking. It really is. It's just yeah. like a new level of where every single human character from every movie goes away at the end of their movie. And then it's only Caesar and the monkeys and the other apes we follow. And that's pretty incredible. I mean, and the fact that I actually care about Caesar as a character is pretty damn incredible that, you know, Matt Reeves had a good point where he was talking on a podcast where he's like, I want to hold longer shots, but they're like, if you hold five more seconds, that's like $200,000. Like you need to understand, like every time you show Caesar, that is literally money just burning on screen. Like, and And that, that that is ambitious a, to like have a that's character such a, yeah hold a like, fucking the, sequence and you can't show him as much as you want just for money reasons. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's also like it's crazy to me that you're doing it with this movie specifically. Like like if I, I get Avatar, like, you know, you're gonna have them on fucking they're gonna they're gonna like run around and be like what it is, you know? Like <laughs> you're there for right. <laughs> it is what water. it is. It's gonna be great. <laughs> like they're all gonna like. There's gonna be. It's half of it's about like the amazing water effects. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. You know, it's, oh, it that's is, that's all the two is gonna be from what I hear. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also like it. It's just. It's just. I guess it's just like, <laughs> just so annoying a little bit to me. Just like how like in terms of like you still this movie defies everything I understand and know about movie statistics a little bit and what is popular and what does it. And I think that's, I think that's what kind of continues to annoy me about its existence slightly is that like, I'm like, you should not be popular. (laughs) Like you just shouldn't, (laughs) you shouldn't be doing this or do, I mean, I guess like, you know, people don't expect Avengers to do well or to eventually downhill and it's, it's defied that. So I, I guess like my thing is in the last kind of maybe the couple weeks and maybe this year 2017 specifically has kind of been like i felt like at the end of 2016 i had a handle on what was coming and what was going in terms of movies and stuff and the franchises and things and i think like this summer has shaken me pretty badly (laughs) in terms of what the fuck is happening this whole year i mean like get out and wonder woman and and, where did that come from i mean wonder woman wonder woman i'm glad did well yeah yeah i I get i get that too and i think that people were ready for that movie but yeah especially get out i was like what? How did this make 175 yeah. million dollars? That's insane. Yeah. I think so I think the interesting thing, and I, I don't want this to be taken the wrong way, but like I think the interesting thing to see is if kind of the female audience gets up again for the next female superhero movie. 
Do you know what I mean? Right. And I don't mean that like as a like an observation. Clearly, there is an audience for female superhero movies. I'm not doubting that to like the least. But the question is, is like, can they come out consistently in force? Would be my question about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the question that's what is like Spider Man one, Spider Man two, actually didn't do as well as you would think. You know what I mean? Uh, exactly. Spider Man one. Exactly. Yeah. Like for instance, like I went to see the amazing Spider-Man one. I didn't go to see two. Like I'm, I'm a fair weather fan. If you lose, if you lose me, do you know what I mean? Right. Like when you lose me, you lose me hard and I don't come back to the franchise forever. See fast and the furious, like, yeah. like fast and the furious one, <laughs> two lost me. And then I didn't come back till like six. And then I went back and watched the ones that were supposed to be good. Like <laughs> yeah. that's, that's like, you know, that's just well, the that's way it is. Like, that's what people are. And I, yeah, I wonder I, if I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if everyone went to Dawn because they heard it was really good. And they're like, this is horribly depressing. And then war looked even more depressing like oh good yeah. life is depressing right now let's not yeah you know? well it's doing it's doing how is it doing movie like on uh, box office it's made 100 million you know? this weekend so it's like you know it's uh worldwide so it's like it's doing okay it's doing about what rise did but it's just surprising because dawn did really well and it's just not doing what dawn did you know well it's also going up against spider-man spider-man yeah you know it was a little bit down but like you know um different conversation <laughs> but uh, um uh 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 yeah, I think in this whole weekend was down. I just think in general, there's just been a lot of movies out. I think people have seen a lot of movies, and I think maybe just people are just kind of want to break <laughs> for a little bit. Dunkirk and Valerian are coming out, so that's a whole different can of worms. I mean, I think it's just like people might be a little summer movie out by now. Yeah, know? there yeah. might be some. Well, I think that's the other thing that defies. That's the big reason why this thing defies kind of what I think about movies is because like this go. This is going against like heavy hitters. Right, it's in between yeah. like a Chris Nolan movie and a Spider Man movie and, and, a, and, a, and a and a main Marvel like movie ma- like marathon like a main Marvel like yeah. stone like this is yeah. crazy. It's well, releasing. Dun- Dunkirk between... is kind of crazy too. Like, here's <laughs> a two hundred million dollar war movie where the end of the movie is hey they didn't all die like that's the best thing that happens in a Dunkirk. <laughs> like, <laughs> the Dunkirk's miracle is that they didn't all die. Like that's it. They don't like win. <laughs> it's very like British. it's like ah, yay, good for us. <laughs> we get to we get to not die. Good, yeah. good on us. I, now we're gonna get bombed to... for five years. Woo! <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> British spirit. Like, everyone's everyone's at the end of the movie. Like this was great. We had such a great time. <laughs> How about the Good job, Kenneth Branagh. Well done. Yeah, I I I I guess like I'm just I, I'm very. Very, it's very a weird, it's a weird time this, and I, I guess it's the thing is like I, I don't think I think the tide might be changing but I don't know in what direction you know what I mean like get out makes me think the tide is changing in some senses because like maybe audiences are more willing to see a little bit more challenging films and I think get out is like you know an Andre Tarkovsky movie or whatever but like it's a little different than your usual horror fare and, I guess and, and and Dawn was a similar thing where it's like that's just a very dark pressing movie that made a hundred million dollars plus like and you think that happens and then it kind of shifts on you you know what i mean like star trek beyond was confusing for me too where i was like where'd everyone go <laughs> like i thought we like these movies you know um yeah and and audiences are hard to predict i don't think it's just an easy way to to go and i don't think we can just say because get out does well you can immediately say adult movies are back it's the 70s again right. you know what i mean like i yeah. i think these things come in ways and there's different reasons and yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's been an odd year for that, and I, I I just don't know where we're going as a culture in the movie sense because movies are becoming broader because people like TV and people like other stuff, and but maybe the occasional weird thing kind of hits, but doesn't always hit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and then maybe this is like this is sort of my th- this is and this is dark like this is my dark and take on this theory a little bit it's a too. dark movie let's go dark <laughs> no well i i know like my well my interpretation of what's happening in the movie market is dark uh like and it's not dark from that perspective i think there and this is like this makes it sound like terrible when i say it like this there might be some form of like movie going elitist not elitist that they're not that they are elitist but elite in terms of like criticism and how they go about seeing movies right and we might be People seeing more... them yeah, lining I mean, up for stuff like there's like a drive for get out and stuff like that and then the issue is that predicting this particular block of people is literally impossible yeah 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 i think like, i think so and i think people are like i've heard more about rotten tomatoes this year than the entire 19 years has existed like exactly are really for the first time kind of afraid of it and kind of annoyed with it and kind of hate it like they always have but like this is the year where like i feel like 
They really, really hate it. <laughs> this is the this is the year where the correlation between a couple billion dollars has been apparent in oh, Rotten Tomatoes the, scores and how the movie the, does. I don't know if Rotten Tomatoes has really helped as much with like increase. You see that with Dawn, like you know, has just as good as uh, money for as much as good of reviews as Dawn for War, but it does less. But I do think the reverse is something that's been happening. Like Transformers. Oh, I think it, I think crazy Rotten Tomatoes this time. absolutely kills the movie that I think it's killing. If it's the negative, ability. that kills something to me. If it's yeah, positive, I it's kind exactly. of up in the air. And I think that maybe the take that. I understand a movie studio really not liking Rotten Tomatoes because the only thing that it can do is kill a movie in my perspective. And maybe help an indie would be the only thing that Yeah, I it's kinda of helping like Big Sick, but even Big Sick didn't open great this weekend. You know what I mean? No. Like, right. Well it did it. You know. It didn't. And I think I think that's fine. I just think that like the, the difference is like the difference is that it can kill stuff like BBS. Well, I didn't I didn't, didn't nothing killed BBS, whatever. But that's that's But but it had like some of the worst legs that any movie over opened over a hundred million dollars has ever had. Like, you know, exactly. people, exactly. after the Quartians went, it just was like, Bleh. And I think that's exactly what it is. And like, that's the weird thing for me that like Rotten Tomatoes positive score has, uh, didn't save the legs of Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's like, it, it is, it does seem it's to be mostly like just only a negative effect. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's only like a, Oh, it's got 14 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's terrible. Right, and I think that's why people do it. It's like, you know, Which I, is actually a fair a fair look at Rotten Tomatoes because it's like an aggregate score. The majority of critics dislike it. Like that's a you're probably gonna dislike it. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> that's a fair that's a fair way to look at Rotten Tomatoes. Actually, if you think about it, because and that's just like really weird thinking about like the public as a whole treating Rotten Tomatoes the way it should be treated. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody even Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> seems to understand how it works quite right. I don't. I, I think that's that's like the big point here. And I, I know that I'm making like our whole review of War of the Planet of the Apes about like the meta game of like what's happening in movies. But it's but, an like, odd it's, film to talk about in that way. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is what's it is what is interesting to me, like personally. Yeah, and I, and I do worry that I overrate these films just for that reason, just because I do appreciate seeing a film that, that has this sort of structure, that has this amount of... I felt that with Rise. I was very hesitant about the way critics talked about Rise, because I was like, it's good, but like, Jesus Christ, guys, calm down. But yeah. after Dawn, I kind of got it. I kind of got where they are coming from, because of, and Dawn was more of kind of what I wanted to see out of uh, a summer blockbuster. I just don't know if it's the, the case where it's like so many blockbusters are trying to be Marvel that it's nice to see something do something totally not Marvel and, 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 and do it well. Not that Marvel, when Marvel does Marvel well, it does it well. I loved Homecoming. See that review. Um, it is just the case that I don't want everybody to do what they do. They do it well. Let's all try our own thing, you know? And I, fe- I appreciate the Planet of the Apes reboot is its own thing. It is paying homage to the original, but isn't like, you know, like there hasn't been direct quotes from the movie and like you know, it's not a shot for shot one. remake not a shot for shot remake it's not the weird tim burton one we have to oh that one had a twist ending we'll make a twistier ending you know what i mean like none of them had a twist ending which i really appreciate like it, it is trying to tell its own story while kind of harkening back to the weirdness of the 70s movies which is insane like it's insane to make movies like this that are harkening back to when literally movies had no idea what a movie franchise was and that's why they're so crazy um but it, 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 I hope I'm just not overrating it for that reason because I just appreciate these movies are trying something different a lot and I, I recognize I might be overrating them because there are a lot of issues particularly this one I noticed I agree with Bobby that it kind of dragged and a little too many convenient stuff here or there um, but yeah. I just at the end of it they always give me a sense of deep characters and I just I feel like so many blockbusters have gone to set pieces over characters that like when I see a movie with great characters, I just I fucking really happy. <laughs> it really well, if we're gonna talk about characters, I feel like we've got to talk about the secondary characters. Like we really should talk about the comic relief character, and we probably should talk about Nova. Which is also like just the comic. I, I have to admit, it didn't hit for me. Weird. It didn't yeah, sit well with me. Weird. It felt forced. And I it wonder, felt like, here's like the bit only, where you laugh before we it make felt like you the sad only again. Studio note, yeah, it felt like the only studio note where it's like they were like, "This is so depressing," because they would like cut to him. You know what I mean? Like where he wasn't in the action always, and that's the part where it was like, 
did they do like a little bit of reshoots to put him in there? You well, know what and, I mean? like, and they even designed him to look like a comic relief character. He's smaller and thinner than all the others. His ears stick out far. Like he is. He's designed... played by Steve Zahn, who's just naturally like a goofy person. You know? Yeah. Like, it, yeah. It, it, it's, it's just. It's just like the technology. It's interesting where the technology is and isn't there. And it's funny to me that the technology makes dramatic performances before it does comedy performances. And maybe it's just kind of not... true. It's, but yeah. it's like true for me because the comedy doesn't come through and work and I, maybe it's because they're just failing at it but i think more likely it's just the particular technology used to make apes is just point. like at this point i'm just used to it being like no his like most honest moment was when he was talking about how his kid died <laughs> like he looked yeah. sad well, like, yeah, it was, absolutely absolutely and i'm just like and i'm just like oh i mean he this is a good like non-comic relief character but like the rest of it i'm just like i'm sort of like it's like uh, almost the only level it works on is almost as an uncomfortable humor level right it's like the yeah. Introduction yeah. of the character was really solid, but like the moment mm. they moved out of the snow cave and they actually like moved back into the action part of the film, the comic relief character didn't work for me at all. And frankly, no, and it was kind of, of those, an annoyance. You have one of those Planet of the Apes things where like the, those X's were all over the Planet of the Apes movies and they would always put humans on them. And like yeah. you know, he's on the X and he's like dying of thirst and he'd come to Bad Ape and he's like, <laughs> like whack right and you're like and then we cut <laughs> right back and you're like whoa whoa like, I like I guess, and i guess that's awkward. the thing is like just having such a strict comic relief character in a war prison movie you know and like, yeah yeah like, what well, like name well, what like like name I, what like like holocaust camp movie has like a, a comic the relief one i would say that they were trying to do would probably be great escape but great escape was trying to be more of an adventure movie anyways is my thing I mean, I, I, Bobby, you raised work. your eyebrows there, but that, that parallel exists. No, no, no. I don't disagree with that. It's just like in this instance, it like 100% did not work for me. I thought. No, I mean, just... we, we, we agree on that. So sure. yeah, yeah. what I'm did just you guys think, think about? What did you guys think about Nova? I liked Nova. I thought she was a interesting sort of. I thought it was. It's an obvious it a cool sort of way like to, a yeah. parallel where she's the. It's a really cool way to movie. shake the hand of the first series for me. Yeah. Because this movie isn't trying to to literally do anything with the first set series a little bit, so it's not it's not it's really not trying to to do homages other than Nova. So for me, it was like a very like she actually had a purpose based in the plot, which sort of got lost at the end. You know what I mean? Like the yeah, purpose. Yeah, I felt like they could have used her better at the end. That was basically like my takeaway from Nova. Like I thought her addition was really right. good up until they didn't execute it fully at the end because I mean, her importance is to be the parallel between the Colonel's son, you know, here's someone who still has this disease that's supposed to be, you know, robbing you of your humanity and everything like that being the thing that the Colonel despises. And, you know, she's still treating the apes with such tenderness and such, you know, kindness, especially when she cries, when the one dies, like there's a lot good there, but when you get to the end of the film and that, you know, escaped, you know, into the paradise moment, I felt she was underutilized and they could have better used her throughout the climax. And here's the thing too, this may be just me a little bit, but every character in this movie, I feel like has some sort of parallel plot construction point to them. And I think that Nova's doesn't have a true one in terms of her just like I think that's exactly right she has this feel of this and then it just it's just like she is like a tiny bit of a dropped plot thread other than the fact that it's like she has to be dropped so that in the next she can't have like a final moment or die or anything because clearly she has to like shake hands with the beginning of the next film yeah I feel like that's why she didn't come to fruition is because she's held over for the next movie um, but I, I just I, I just felt like it was underutilized in the film. I also think it's super important in suggesting that speech is not again they they're they're outlining the idea of humanity and civilization and technology and Nova is super important in that argument to saying like even if you lose speech and everything like apes had civilization and the essence of humanity when they had intelligence like and then chose to use it in a certain way so it's like your action is dependent upon your humanity just like nova is i think she's she is an important being to be in there to make the political point that they are making but at the same time once she's in there she doesn't really have something to do other than existing do you know what i mean yeah Right. I mean, yeah, she's there to, to have you question what is humanity, what makes you exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, she's there to also like, 
she's like it doesn't like she's there to like cut off where like the end goes it's like oh well you know speech and that they're losing the power of this and it's like it, it makes it makes the whole virus thing less of like a like a gimmick and more like an actual like point do you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. and how Without- like, they might treat these new versions of humans in the future you know they right. exactly which we know from planet doesn't isn't great it's not gonna go well <laughs> no. it's not gonna go well but like, like we can we can have like a different nothing about right this now. world has anything go well you know? uh, it's what? it's not gonna end well what do you want yeah <laughs> you wanted to be happy at the end of this movie what are you serious what, you? what did you expect you, mate. Fuck you. only misery <laughs> what's up eh? <laughs> Okay, my terrible accent's coming out. Ask people that I do D&D. I do accents for them. And Katie is always in the next room and yells that I have a terrible accent, no matter what I'm trying to do. It's <laughs> good. So yeah, supportive. Like, Thank you. <laughs> now everyone hates them. I'm sorry. Anyways, let's go ahead and get on to scores. But before that, for you, the listeners of the Movie Gang podcast, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to try out their service. Uh, go to www.freshbooks.com and you can get it, try things. you got to go to the How Did You Hear About Us section. You can enter the Movie Gang uh, podcast, and that's how you heard about us. That's great, yeah, because you heard about it here at the Movie Gang podcast. Or get a 30-day free trial at www.gofreshbooks.com backslash gang. FreshBooks is an online cloud-based accounting software that I use to balance the books of both my personal business, including Newman Visual Productions, which is my photography and video services, now offering in Durham, North Carolina. I'll stream your conference for you. I'll stream your meeting for you. I'll stream all your stuff for you, whatever you need streamed. You can also go on over and uh, check out all my photography, my wedding photography, portrait photography, all sorts of different things. If it's uh, media-based, I probably offer it in Durham, North Carolina, so to check out. This this FreshBooks ad turned into an ad for my business. I don't know how. I'm ads sorry. Within ads within ads. I know. But the point is, is that I have a lot of things going, including TuscanShed.com. I got my personal finance for my job at work. And then I also have my personal business. I got three things. I got to separate all these things out for taxes. And how I do that is FreshBooks.com. So go check on, on that out. Trust me, it works. It's great. You can access it anywhere. And the freedom of having the cloud and being able to be on your mobile phone, other devices, check something out and be able to make sure everything's straight. Because otherwise, if I don't... If if I don't have it at cloud base now, I don't work on it. And that's just the way that things are. So <laughs> check out at www.gofreshbooks.com backslash gang. All right. Uh, first up on scores. Who wants to go first? I want Bobby to go first. <laughs> All the volunteers. <laughs> All the volunteers. Okay. Do we want to rock, guys. paper, scissors, Bobby? Would that, would that make you feel better? The justification as to why I never go first is because I'm pulling up the calculator app to do it. That's my justification. No, it's <laughs> okay. Math. I can go first, but it means I'm going to set the tone. So I know. we're good for it. I have no idea where anyone is, 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 if there's any consolation. We've just talked for an hour about a movie, and I have no idea where anyone's score is. <laughs> um, for me, uh, <laughs> War for the Planet of the Apes um, is a seven. Um, I, I think it's, it's a pretty darn good movie. Um, I, I think that it explores interesting themes and concepts. I love the idea of a film that explores what humanity truly means. And I, I do love that about this series. You know, I, I watched the original Planet of the Apes movies with my father and, um, I, they're dark and they're bleak and they're weird and they explore so many interesting themes, not only just the humanity, I mean, especially the religion aspect and the originals is just odd and interesting. Um, and there, there are some delightful parts of that in this reboot trilogy. And I think that this movie is successful in so many ways. Um, I am annoyed by the addition of a comic relief character that didn't need to be there. Um, and it was so annoying to watch it devolve the way it did into just like one-off one-liner bits. Um, cause it had the potential to have some real emotional impact, some, some real storytelling in that character. Um, Bad Eight could have been more than what he was, and it was kind of disappointing to see what happened there. Um, I also thought that Nova was underutilized in the end, and I loved her character and her tender moment uh, when one of the apes dies is the only moment of that film that made me cry. Um, So, you know, props to that. That was good, but I felt it was underutilized in the end. Um, I think the Colonel is a good villain, but I think Koba is better. So, uh, 
Yeah, I just think that they didn't have as much to work with here. And I did feel like the film dragged in the latter part. Um, the setup and the initial half of the film was really solid and I was super into it. And in the later parts, I felt like they took a long time getting to where they were going, even though I could see where they were headed. Um, but it's kind of nitpicking what was overall a really enjoyable film and a really enjoyable into this part of the franchise. So uh, for me, it's a seven. Mm-hmm. Yep, I am. I'm talking. We're actually live. People can hear you. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's going live to YouTube, so this won't be edited out. <laughs> Everyone's been listening to you, by the way. Everyone. Yep. It's okay. No, no, it's cool. Everyone. I love you. Don't worry about it. Someone's got to provide the comedic relief. Are you comedic relief? Yeah. Okay, oh, God. <laughs> oh. Bad ape. Bad ape. Bad ape. This, is, this is the kind of stuff that you don't hear on the, uh, this is the uh, movie gang after dark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ben, what do you give uh, one of the Planet of the Apes? <laughs> Whichever one we watched. <laughs> War for the Dawn for the Battle of the Beneath. They're, they're so terribly named. I'm sorry. They are so terribly named. That's the other crazy thing. They've kept the fucking weird titling on the they, 70s. Oh, like, the titling was, oh, I can't believe I didn't even mention that. Oh, It's uh, so bad. Uh, it's so bad. It's so bad. And it's why? so, it's no sense. Uh, there was more oh. war in the last movie. Come on, go. Yeah, seriously. No, and, and Dawn should happen before you rise. I, I know. And, I know. I right. Agree. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, just so I guess I'm clear, for the other two in the reboot series, I'd probably give uh, Rise like a 7.5 and Dawn like a 9. So that's why I'm giving this an 8 out of 10. Um, I thought this was a really excellent film. It's just... Uh, uh, I wish it was just a little bit more elegant towards the end. I agree, but uh, I think a lot of the thematic core of this movie is very, very excellent. I think it did give a very satisfying conclusion to Caesar. I think it's just incredible that we've had a whole trilogy. Uh, and in, in a sense, even though I know it cumulatively doesn't equal a nine, I kind of rank the whole trilogy a nine just for in terms of ambition and cleverness and inventiveness and uh, just the fact they they had an entire sort of arc for a character after three movies is fucking incredible. Think about how many. How long of an arc uh, Dominic from Fast and the Furious has? Like he can never be cured because he can always have to just to have another adventure, you know? Like they had the balls to be like, "Well, Caesar's dead, so fuck you." <laughs> There's no more Caesar movies, um, at the very least. So I, I appreciate that this was an actual legit tr- trilogy, which we just don't do anymore. I appreciate that it actually had the, a fair amount of conclusion. We'll certainly leaving it open for future movies because hey, this movie's still going to make enough money to justify more. Um, and I kind of don't want more. I wish they'd just kind of end it with three. Uh, I kind of yeah. have no faith in four, if I'm being 100% honest. But at the very They're least, making a four? They're definitely going to make a fourth, I think. The question is, is it going to go full on Planet of the Apes remake? Is it going to be Cornelius fighting other apes? I don't know. I have no clue. Um, but they're going to make a fourth. It's going to happen. <laughs> but Matt Reeves is going to be done because he's making Batman. And I'm actually excited for Batman because I feel like Matt Reeves is a very interesting director. I think he's... He has an ability to kind of make the films he wants to make, warts and all, and I, I think that's what I appreciate about this film. It's not perfect, but thematically and character-wise, and in terms of bringing the to a satisfying conclusion, at least for me, <laughs> having the balls to kill off all humanity at the end is kind of impressive. So um, it's it's just something I'm very impressed with the series, and I'm happy to see that it kept at least uh, the consistency. And if Dawn for me will be always be the pinnacle, just because of the characters were so good at Dawn and you just had two sort of main characters. And in that sense, you kind of lose as much sort of interesting dynamic uh, elements to that. So uh, that's why I give it an eight out of 10. Yeah. These are the best movies I don't enjoy. That is like the end just to like my statement on like plan on like the planet rise Dawn and, and war of the planet of the apes. I have never liked, any of these movies or had any desire to ever watch any of them again i totally respect that they're good movies like absolutely mm. and it's it ha- it's not even because like i i need like good ending movies there's tons of like really depressing fucking movies that i absolutely love i just do not like these movies 
and I don't know why. I just have never understood. I, I guess they're just like they're so weird and outside of like my normal comfort zone, and I don't have a tie to the rest of the Planet of the Apes series that I don't particularly like them. I still give it a seven. Like <laughs> so just, it's a good movie. The structural elements are there. They're well structured. They're well done. The, I mean, it's it, it, at first I thought it was more like a look at what we can do with CG thing with Andy Circus, but it's well beyond that in terms of actually having a great story, a structure. Like we didn't we we just gave a full review of one of these movies and didn't talk about Andy Serkis's performance or its Oscar worthiness which I feel is like a personal success on my part as host that we didn't fucking have a technical discussion about a Planet of the Apes movie sorry <laughs> don't want to go there I brought it up now it's at the end of the podcast <laughs> too late to bring it up again done uh, but <laughs> like I think I think I think that's the thing is like I've just never they're, they're they in, exist in such a weird space and they always leave me a little bit cold I guess is the big thing that I would say about them is that I'm never pumped up to go see another Planet of the Apes movie. Um, I think that's the thing is that Rise was that way with me, and like like at the end, that, that joyous like just sort of fuck human society take on things. And I think that's maybe the thing is like like ever since it's departed from that kind of take on things, I've not been as hot about them. And I just know that there's not going to be any sort of like this movies are going to go to those deep dark places, and there's not going to be any like giant battle scene, uh, you know, because even with like even with like the, the the at the end of the second dawn of the Planet of the Apes, where they're all riding in on horses and shooting guns. Like it's it's it ends more with like a kind of a, a monkey off on a thing with Koba yeah, than anything that, else. That battle is a battle you don't want to happen in that movie. That's what's kind exactly of crazy. exactly the big CGI battle shouldn't be happening, and you're really upset that it's happening. Like and you want it to stop exactly. And it definitely is an antithesis. It's 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 one of these. I guess like what it is is it's an art movie existing in a in a big franchise movie space. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, okay. and I don't, I want to, and I know that people are like, oh, wouldn't <laughs> it be parallels. cool if, like, if art movies Earth. were also big franchise movies? And I'm like, no. No. It wouldn't be. <laughs> fuck you. I, if I want to do this, I want to go to the Bijou and do this differently. Like, fuck that. I, don't, I, want, <laughs> I want all these things to be separate and I don't care. Like, fuck you. <laughs> like, I, I guess, I guess that's like, and maybe that's just my take on to like why I like don't enjoy these movies. It's like, I guess I always have this like stick shift geared feeling after i see one of these movies it's like oh that was what it was about okay cool that's what i'm going (laughs) uh but they're 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 all good you should go see them you really should like if you like you really should you should just be prepared for what it is which is uh uh, the the highest the highest budget art house film that's ever been (laughs) yeah (laughs) in a weird way i I think that's the thing about the films that i think everyone can at least agree on is they're just technical masterpieces i mean oh yeah the, the, yeah. the, there's nothing to debate about that. It's totally a taste thing for these movies. I think that's why we yeah, didn't talk about it because it's pretty much flawless. So there's not much for us yeah, to nitpick like, on right, that side. Exactly. We don't have to discuss it. <laughs> we only talk well, about the technical stuff when it's horrendous. Yeah, like like exactly. Avatar doesn't hold a goddamn candle to these movies, and God, it's much more no. subtle no. in how it does it. Like that's the thing is like Avatar is great at being like a fucking beating you over the face with it, and this is so subtle. Yeah. And that's like, you forget about it, which is the point. Is a film. Yeah, CG's exactly. so good, you forget about it. And you that's, forget. And that's like not what you want to do with no. billions of dollars. Particularly Maurice, it's like, that's not a real monkey. It's a guy in a suit. Like, it's like yeah. insane. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, God. Okay, I give it a seven. That brings the total up to 7.3, which I'll bring up to 7.5 out of 10. The Movie Gang Podcast gives uh War, War for the Planet War. of the Apes. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> War for the Planet of the Apes, a 7.5 out of 10, which I am super comfortable with. Yeah, um, that's good. For everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast, this has been Bobby Pike. See you later. Ben Haworth. No. No, sorry. He He's like, no. How does he do it in Rise? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, never going to get that again. It's like, oh, nope. no. Nope. <laughs> Sad. I've been your host, Jack Newman, from everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast. Thanks for listening. Also, head on over to TuscanShed.com. Go over there and check out all our various podcasts, including Geek Space Nine and Mania. Coming back this fall, A Feast for Bros. Out now, tonight. Also, there's a, right now, Game of Thrones is going on, so I need to get out of here go watch Game of Thrones. Uh, so I can be on tomorrow night. So uh, back tomorrow night, we'll have the live viewing of A Feast for Bros. Go check that out. Uh, and uh, yeah, head on over to TuscanShed.com backslash support us to figure out ways that you can financially help the Movie Gang podcast and Tuscan Shed Media Network and all the ways that we love that. Yep. Thank you so much from everyone here at the Tuscan Shed Media Network and the Movie Gang podcast. Thank you.